Podcast. What's going on, y'all? This your boy, Chris Simmons, coming to you with another very, very, very special podcast episode, man. This is probably, you know, I've had guests from all over the place, uh, but this is probably one of the most unique uh, places um, that my guest is in. Um, first of all, before I even say where she's actually from, she right now, as we speaking, she driving. Now, I ain't never ha- I've had a guest in the car before. But usually they in the parking lot. Now, I, this guest told me that she it does good while she's driving. She can talk and drive at the same time. So she got the camera up and she driving to Starbucks or something like that. Going to get her some coffee or something. So this is probably a unique experience. But you know what? It makes for a unique episode. So this guest I'm about to uh, introduce to y'all, she is all the way in Seattle, Washington, all the way on the Northwest all right, she is a certified life and health coach and beach body coach who's on a mission to transforming lives. Man, we had a great conversation last week and she got something deep for y'all, man. She might she might go all the way to the core. You know what I'm saying? We ain't just talking surface level. We might go down to the cold. All right. So without further ado, let me introduce y'all to Miss Jennifer His Own. Uh, did I say your last name right? Is it His Own? It's Heisen. Oh, but, okay. You know, okay. You can, I'm. S- you can say it that way too. I'm like, sorry. I'm sorry. Heisen. Okay. Heisen. What's going on? How you doing? Right. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing- Thank you for uh, for having me on here. I appreciate it. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. No. 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 We had a. As I was telling the audience, you know, we we had a great conversation last week, um, and so I'm you know really excited to uh, get into it. But before I do, uh, I just can't help but just. Uh, just be amazed at how much snow is on this ground, bro. Like, for those of you who probably don't know, you know, I'm from the Northeast Ohio area and specifically Kent, Ohio. But we got like 15, 16 inches of snow. I ain't never seen much snow, that much snow in my life. I mean, I, I don't know what the heck. I don't know how the heck this snow just came out of nowhere. But uh, I couldn't even go nowhere, honestly. Like, I was trapped. So I drive like this little... Uh, I drive like this little SUV, and when I walked out, when I walked outside today, bro, like that snow was up to the tires though. Like I ain't gonna fake, like I couldn't even get out of the of the parking lot. I'm like, bro, I was trying to go to the gym, um, this morning, and I was like, all right, I saw it snowing at like 6 a.m. I'm like, well, I'm gonna wait till it you know stops stop snowing, and then like. That's crazy. When I got to the when I got out at eight a.m., I was like, you know, I'll just go back at eight a.m. because I I would put myself on a two-hour delay. Still snowing. Right. I walked out. The snow literally was covering my whole foot. I was like, bruh. I was like, there is no way this car gonna get up out of here. So they got the trucks running, and hopefully they can clear the snow out so I can get up out of here and do what I need to do. But I was pretty much stayed in my my apartment the whole time, but. It is what it is, but anyway, how, how's the weather looking over there? Is it is it pretty nice? It looks like it's pretty nice over there. It's starting to clear up over here. We had a we had a lot of snow hit us for like a whole week, and it was pretty bad. But then then the second week was fine. So we had we had some days of the snow, like what you what you got over there. Yeah. But um, after about five days, we were good. Mm. Now now the sun's starting to come out. Yeah, it's been raining. It's been raining, which that's what Washington does. It rains here. Okay. But we had sun yesterday. We got some sun today. They said it was supposed to rain today, and it's not. Not doing that. It's not raining at all. 
I, I wish it was. So I wish it was sunny like that over here, like honestly, because shoot, it kind of that snow messed up my whole day. But but speaking of uh, you being in Seattle, I mean, are you are you a Seahawks fan or not really, or do you even watch football? You know, I used to watch football. I used to do that. Okay. Not that I'm not a fan of our own hometown football team, but uh, I don't really. I I kind of stopped years ago. Okay. Like I'm not. I'm. I, I'm not. I don't know. I just. I have so much I'm trying to do. That, right. Like. Right. You ain't got time you know, for that. I, I, no, I. I don't even have time to watch like a like a like a show. I but feel. That's okay. I mean, like, I. I did get a chance to watch Cobra Kai with my kids. I promised them we did like a two-week run on it. You know, with the you, you, do you know who, what Cobra Kai is? No, nah, see that boy. is that is that on Netflix? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. See yeah. that's how that. See, I'm like you. I don't really be uh, watching. Like, I don't. I don't do what everybody else do where they where they binge watch. Uh, yeah, I, I don't do it either. I don't do that I don't either. Do it either. Yeah, but my boys, my boys really wanted to, and so you know, you have to, you have to, you have to, you know, you got to make time, and so uh, we did like a two week. It was one hour a day, you know, and and we'd watch Cobra Kai, and it's it's a it's from a Karate Kid, so they were really into it. I, I made them watch the old school Karate Kid, like all the old movies, before they got to watch Cobra Kai to find out the backstory of it, mm. and so we did that. But yeah, okay. I, I don't really get a chance to watch any. Uh, series or shows okay. often yeah no it's crazy because you know you, you you be you know you be doing your thing man like you know you be you be staying disciplined you know you be working out you know doing your thing trying to better yourself each day you know which is what you know we talked about last week so you know transitioning to you know the 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 topic you know about you you know, I know mm-hmm. that you you got into it. Like I wasn't respecting it for real, for real. Like you know, I I I, I had this conversation. So I had this conversation with her last week, and you know, I was like thinking, okay, she's just gonna kind of give me surface level, right? I mean, she went through the surface and was like literally like she went to the cold. Like you know what I'm saying? Like she went in. Like you know what I'm saying? Like th- she was she was saying like stuff that I was like, man, that's crazy. Like. You know, just from like first meeting, I was like, you know, some people don't feel comfortable open up to people like that, you know, when they first meet them. But she was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I, I went through this, this, this. I was like, ooh, that's crazy. So, you know, I think this is going to be one of these episodes where you're just going to sit back and, you know, relax. It's like kind of like, you know, like when you're in the theater, you know, you get your popcorn, you know, get your popcorn ready, get your icy, you know what I'm saying? You sitting back chilling. This is going to be one of those episodes because she has a very, very interesting story about how she was able to get on her fitness journey into becoming a certified life and health coach as well as beach body coach. I mean, this journey is like none like any other I've heard. So this is going to be the time where you just got you just get to sit back and listen because I'm going to go ahead and give the floor over to Miss Jennifer and she's going to tell you all about how she was able to get to this path where she, you know, she looking good, you know, she she feeling good, you know, taking care of her body. And so, Jennifer, I just want you to just tell 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 the audience what you told me about, you know, the path that you had to take in order to get to becoming this wonderful wonderfully fit woman that you are right now. Okay. So, 
I like to say that everyone's journey to where any successful person has a backstory that got them or pushed them to to where they are in the present and what people see from their side they see this person who you know is is living a life that they they kind of admire and want to have and be healthy and be strong and be successful and 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 have all of those things but behind all of that there's always a story and how that person got there and what p- pushed that person to uh to make certain movements to be able to accomplish those things and this and this is something that started probably all the way up to the age of when I was like a teenager. I left home at 17 and a half years old because I thought that I knew everything. I thought that I I knew everything. I thought that I had what it took to make it out here without my parents' help. My dad said, when you leave, can't come back. You leave at 17 and a half, you can't come back. Hmm. And, uh, sorry, there's a guy trying to get me to get him get him a drink here at Starbucks. Um, <laughs> generally, I, I do, cause, because if I'm going to buy something, I'll buy something for somebody else. Cause oh, man, I need, I, man, I need, I, man, I need to be around when, when you when you buy stuff, because I would love that. <laughs> oh, dude. So... I left at 17 and a half and that from the day that I left, I, give me a second. (laughs) I'm being surrounded right now. What in the, what is going on? Uh, Excuse me. Let me let me pull out of here. I'm in Kent, Washington. Oh, is that right? Oh, you in Kent, Washington? Yeah. yeah. So, different parts of the city, you can't just pull up. You can't just pull up like that. Uh, 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 uh. So, it, I live. I, I so I drove away from my house down to a part where I, I'm not. I'm. I don't get scared in these areas, right? Because I it, that 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 area looks rural. That that looks country. Oh, well, I carry, I carry, and not only that, I just don't. I don't. I'm not afraid because I've mm. lived here my whole life. But mm. I have a uh, I have a, a street sense and street smart side of me. So I had a guy that just pulled up behind me, tried to block me in. Another guy walked up. It's time for me to pull out. Oh, uh, <laughs> I knew what he was trying to. Uh, I knew what he was trying to do. Girl, where where uh, where you where you at? I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm <laughs> it's a, it looks country. I'm, That's why I'm like, people do this in they, the country. No, 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 I pulled through the back ends, but out in the main road, there's a, there's a Safeway where uh, behind that Safeway, a lot of homeless uh, live, and it's gotten worse since 2020. Mm-hmm. It got really bad in 2020, and it's gotten so bad the police can't control it. Mm. And a lot of people just they're hungry. They 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 have nowhere to go, you know, but. A lot of times the crime also happens in that certain spot, which is where I like to get my coffee. Um, and if you don't lock your doors, they'll get in your car and wait for you to get in. Put a gun to your head. 
Man, you sound like you. Know. It happened to a couple. It happened to a couple of my my friends. She left the door unlocked, and she ended up with a gun to her head. Man, you. Anyway, what in the world? Well, I'm in Kent. I mean, you know, it it it's it happens. <laughs> we're li we're living in that world. It's but I had to leave the parking lot because um I didn't want to be caught up in a situation so. Mm. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to drive to the park. So at 17 and a half, I left. And I was I was in the streets. Um, I was living from apartment to apartment. I, I basically started hustling. And um, that's how I survived. I started with having jobs, but it was never good enough for me because I, I, I wanted to make more money. So... I started hustling, mm -hmm. and um, that turned into me doing other things and mm -hmm. getting myself involved in things that uh, basically could have taken my life. In fact, I should be dead right now, quite frankly. I really should. The only reason I'm alive right now is because of the grace of God. Mm -hmm. He's the only reason I'm alive. I put myself in really bad positions. I didn't listen to my father. I didn't listen to God. I did my own thing and I put myself on a really bad path. Got myself mixed up with people that I shouldn't have been mixed up with. Um, got involved in certain types of drugs and um, I could have lost my life. But I'm gonna tell you, you know, in the beginning of all that, um, God, God was always there. And every time I was getting ready to do something that would have took my life, he always stopped me right in the middle of it. It was like he had this plan that I didn't know about. So as much as the enemy would try to come in and, and, and destroy me, God was like, no, that one's mine right there. You're not going to touch her. You can do this, this, and this, but you can't do that. That's what it felt like. No matter what I did to try and destroy myself, I couldn't. He wouldn't let me. Um, so I lived in all different kinds of apartments. I was around a lot of different kinds of people and I did a lot of different uh, types of uh, things that I'm not proud of. I won't mention them all because I'm, I'm not proud of it. Um, I, when I look back, it's like talking about another person because I don't recognize that person anymore. Um, at the age of, uh, 20, 19, 20, I met my daughter's, uh, dad and we were hanging out and we ended up getting together and we, we ended up, uh, I ended up pregnant. And I thought that the best thing to do was I had to marry him. So I did. Because I thought that's what you do, you know. You, if you get pregnant, you do the right thing. You got to get married. You got to make it right. And when I married him, I, I knew right then and there it was the biggest mistake I'd ever make. There was no turning back. And um, eight years, I spent eight years in that marriage being abused. And I'm not talking about just someone calling me names. I'm talking about 
someone beating the holy mess out of you for eight years straight. And that experience broke me. And it broke me in a way that it almost made me commit suicide. And uh, I lived in fear, a fear that I can't explain unless you've been in it. But I was so afraid of this man. I mean, I, I the thought of being in that kind of fear again, like I, when you're being abused like that, you don't realize that you have any power or strength to come out of it, okay? That person literally gets in your mind and manipulates it and basically puts you in a fear mode to where you become like their slave. And you don't even realize it's happening because it happens so slowly over time. It gets worse and worse and worse. The next thing you know, you know, you're in the hospital. And I'll never forget, uh, I remember I had just had my daughter and I wasn't allowed to leave the house. And I had a number to an old friend that I wanted to call. He found it. He came home. He was an alcoholic. He came home. He found it. And he was drunk and kept accusing me of cheating. And I wasn't cheating. I just wanted to reach out to an old friend because I felt so alone. And um, I just remember he starts kicking me in the head with uh, steel-toed boots. And he kicked me in the head and he kicked me in the head over and over again with these boots. Now, mind you, I had just had my daughter. I was literally a couple weeks out of the hospital. She was an infant. I mean, just born. And um, when he was kicking me, I didn't feel anything. I, I didn't feel it. But you want to know what he did? He sent me to bed afterwards. I wasn't allowed to go to the hospital. My head was swollen. In fact, he kicked me on the side right here. That's your temple. That's an automatic kill shot. Why didn't I die? When he got done, he told me to go upstairs, and I did. I told him I need to go to the hospital. He told me no. I had no access to a phone. And so I went upstairs, and I, and I had to tend to my daughter. With my head, it was just out to here. It was swollen, right? And I thought, I'm going to die right here. I'm going to die. My daughter's not going to have a mother. And... God was with me that entire time. When I say he doesn't leave you, I mean he doesn't leave you. It didn't matter how much of a sinner I was or how saved. I, none of that mattered. But he was there. And when that man went to sleep, I took the phone, I took the keys, and I left. I took myself to the hospital. And they ran tests on me and they scanned my head and all that. 
And the doctor comes in and he says, I've never in my years of doing this seen someone survive a kick to their temple the way that you have. He said, I've never seen it. You're sitting here. You're sitting up. You don't have any concussion. He goes, I just, I don't understand. He said, the only thing I can say is this is like a miracle. You got angels around you. Someone's praying for you. And at the time I heard him, but I was so like just lost in my own spirit. I, I didn't really dawn on me. None of it did. I I just, I just thought, okay, I survived. Great. He's going to do it again to me. You know, this is, and I wanted to explain to the doctor, well, let me tell you all the other stories of the time he hung me over a railing when I was six months pregnant and threatened to drop me on my head. Or the time when he punched me into a closet, my, my lips split open so wide and I wasn't allowed to get stitches. You couldn't explain that to a doctor. The police showed up and I, you know, and they, they wrote a report and all that. And, and they were going to press charges. And it was one of the largest cases at the time they had in the courts of what he did. And I never pressed charges against him. When it all boiled down to it, I was afraid. I was afraid to stand up for myself. And instead, you want to know what happened. I ended up going back. I left that man several times and every single time, somehow, it was almost like he had some kind of mental thing over me. He always got me back. And I, that was a, a vicious cycle I went through for eight years. When I finally left him, I never went back, obviously. I left. And at that time when I left, I gathered my daughter up. I remember I was at work and I had this whole plan how I was going to do it and God was talking to me for months and he said I want you to start putting away your your hairstyle tips so I was a hairstylist at the time so I would hide my tips at work and I did that for months and I saved up my money because he would take all my money saved up enough money and God said when you get enough money saved up here's what you're going to do and he, and he, he mapped it out for me told me what to do and I did it. And I, I'll never forget the day that I went to go grab my daughter out of school. He was looking for me. And I pulled up into the school. I ran in and I said, where's my daughter? And they said, she's in class. And I didn't even let the lady finish. I ran down the hall. I opened that class door. I grabbed my daughter like a suitcase. I literally picked her up like she was a suitcase, ran down the hall. I had a friend waiting outside in her car, in the car with me, threw her in the car. And as while we were pulling out, here he comes pulling in. We literally passed each other and he didn't see me. And that day was the day that I, I was able to set myself free from that person, from that marriage. 
I went through two years of trying to divorce him. Finally got my my divorce. I got a protection order that was set for a lifetime by the judges. And several judges were over this because it was such a big case. In fact, they wouldn't even let us be in the same room. They put me on the top of the floor and put him at the bottom because they said they were horrified by the stories I wrote. And so until this day, I have a, I have a lifetime protection order. I never went back after that. So eight years of that. And in the midst of all of the abuse that I went through, I also ran a uh, full service janitorial company for eight years. I actually helped him build that business from the ground up. We had over 10 commercial contracts. Uh, we had workers. We were pulling in sometimes $15,000 a month. And he would take the money and he would gamble it all away. Mm. And he did that often. And I'd find myself at the food bank with my daughter with a box trying to get food. Mm. Here we were at the food bank, but yet we were making 10 to 15 grand a month. How were we broke? Well, when you have someone that you're gambling, that's gambling all your money, it's, it's very simple. So I went through that for eight years. And during that eight years, uh, I, I, I learned a lot out of that eight years. There was a whole lot of, obviously there's a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, learning how to survive, learning how to find my inner strength, learning how to stand up for myself, learning what I was willing to accept and not, and not accept. And you know, moving forward from that, I met the father of my boys. I have two boys by him. We were married for 10 years. First marriage was eight. The second marriage was 10. And he wasn't as abusive as the first, but he was still abusive. So I went back into the same pattern, but thought that I chose differently. And through that 10 years, a lot of things took place that, that really paved the path of, of where I am today. Um, yet that experience, it, it, you know, I don't regret my children. So, Honestly, what I went through, it, it, it made me, it built me to who I am today. It, it made me stronger. Do I recommend anyone goes through it? No. God, no. There's other ways. Um, on the 10th year of being with my, my, the boys' dad, um, the last couple years, God was talking to me and I was going through some, some abuse with him and my daughter was too, cause see, she wasn't his. So he never treated her right. He was always really hard on her. He was, he didn't, 
he was You know, as a parent, you think you make, when you think you made a good decision and it ends up being that the person you chose to be with hurts your child. It hurts. And a lot of our fights were about her. And I was always standing up for her. I was always, I was always in her corner. And uh, I remember the last three years just being, I could just feel something was getting ready to happen. There was a shaking coming. There was a shift that was getting ready to take place. And I could feel it. I just knew something was coming. I didn't know what it, what it was. <clears throat> And uh, I remember I was in the shower and I was praying and I said, God, show me. What is it? What am I not seeing? And uh, he says, there's a storm coming. And I need you to stand still. I'm dealing with your husband. But there's a storm coming and you're going to have to be able to be strong through this and I'm going to help you through it. And within a couple months of that prayer, I think it was only two months. It was very short. I found out what, uh, I found out my daughter was being hurt. in a way I never thought my own husband can do. And she was, she was being hurt. And as a mom, when you hear that, statistically they say most mothers will refuse to believe it. And they won't, they won't believe it. And they'll, uh, they'll deny it and they'll protect their husband. Well, God had warned me and I ended up, I ended up fleeing. I ended up taking everything that I had and could shove it in the car. And I shoved it all in my little Toyota Camry. I took my daughter. Uh, she asked me where we were going and I said, we're, we're leaving. We're going to start our life over again. I had to call the police. It was the hardest thing that I've ever done call the police and I ended up in a three year court battle against my uh, my husband it involved testimonies, it involved investigators, it involved the King County investigators, it involved King County attorneys state of Washington I thought I was living in pure hell um, when I left, my boys were at the school and I didn't have time to get everybody. And he ended up getting my boys before I could reach them. 
and he kept them at his mom's house and he kept them from school so I couldn't see him so I couldn't get them I ended up issuing a protection order and I ended up getting my boys back uh, through all of that and custody and that and it was it was this three-year battle that it would either break you in pieces and make you go crazy or it was going to make you strong. I had, I had, I only had two choices. I was going to fight for my kids and fight for my life, or I was going to lay down and take it. Well, after being through the eight first eight year marriage and going through that, I sure the hell wasn't going to lay down and take anything. So I fought and I ended up having to actually testify. Nobody would understand this experience unless they went through it. It was, I can't even explain how it feels when you're, you're in a room and you're waiting for that final moment and they say, Jennifer, you're next and you're alone. There's no one standing there with you. They prepped you for the for the testimony. Do you know how scary that is to walk down this long aisle and everyone staring at you, including the jury, including the person that you don't want to see who hurt your daughter and practically destroyed your life that you thought you loved? Do you know how hard that is? The feeling that I went through. And I couldn't imagine what my daughter went through because I have no idea. She's brave. She's brave. She's a brave, brave, brave woman now. But uh, I had this little rock. And it has a cross in it. And it says faith. And I held that rock with me. And I rubbed it. It was soft. And then it was like a glass rock. And you could see the cross in the middle. Tiny. It was about this big. And I held on to that. And it was, I gave my daughter one. And I said, this is a reminder of what you are to stand on when you're sitting there in trial. And when you're testifying. Let God speak through you. Let God guide you. Don't be afraid. And so we went through that together and that experience, uh, and I don't want to go through it again, obviously, but it, it definitely, um, did something to me. It changed me. It opened my eyes to so much. See, we're, we are capable of more than than what we think as humans a lot of times we doubt our abilities we let fear stand in the way my fears allowed for me to go through 18 years of abuse my fear my inability to stand up for myself 
to stand up for what was right for me and my family. Um, my choices in people around me. Choose the people around you wisely because those people are either going to help build you up or they're going to break you down. And my choices, there's no one I can blame for what happened to me but me. I made those choices. Okay? And I take full responsibility for choosing people that I should have recognized in the very beginning. I made the choices. We all have a choice, you know, and we all have the ability to, to, to really recognize and see things for what they are. And we all have strength inside of us. And that comes from God. God gives us all strength. Mm. All of us are given. It doesn't matter whether you're a believer or not. You're getting the strength because God gave it to you. But the other side of that is, is that there's this force that does not want you to succeed. That does not want you to know what your strengths are. And it can work steadily against you if you're not aware of it. And I spent 18 years living in fear. I spent 18 years being abused by people that I thought loved me. You know, and through and through all of that, I I built myself back up. When I left my last marriage, I ended up in Auburn, and I ended up in a an apartment that wasn't even finished. I had it literally had no countertops. There was no sinks. Uh, another property manager friend of mine had helped me out. She said, "Look, I can get you into this apartment." And it's like in the middle of being worked on, but it's not done. And I said, I don't care. I'll take it. And I remember our first night there, we slept on the floor. And all I had was these blankets and pillows and a, and a, and a lamp. <laughs> and uh, I set it up in the living room. And my daughter, she goes, Mom, we don't have anything. And I go, yeah, we do. We got God and we got each other. I said, just think of this as camping, okay? We're camping. I said, but trust me when I say, I will build us back up again. And you will watch me do it. Because we aren't going to fall. We aren't going to accept our circumstances. We're going to use this as our strength. And we're going to push forward. And she goes, Mom, 
I kind of like camping in the living room with you. <laughs> she goes, for once in my life, I feel free. That hurt. Because I didn't know that. I didn't know my daughter didn't feel free. But I knew right then and there that I had made the best decision I could make. And I had decided on that day that I would never again let anyone hurt me. And no one, no one would ever hurt my children. And my only regret is not finding out before and not knowing. My, that's, that's my only regret. I wish. I wish I had known. People are so good at pretending. Don't just don't just trust anybody. Okay? Don't just trust any person either. I don't care if they say they go to church. I don't care. That's earned trust. But when you see a red flags, you need to listen to it. You need to pay attention. My experience uh From that day moving forward and, and, and living in that little apartment and having nothing and, and building myself from the ground back up while I'm fighting a person in court and while we're going through custody battles and I'm having to work a full-time job. I honestly, I look back and I'm like, how in the heck did I do that? When a person is driven to do something, and it doesn't matter what it is, when you're driven enough to do it, you will find a way to do it. And the key is, is that you would know that it doesn't all happen at once. It's a journey. It's a process that you go through. And I went through that process. And I went through that journey and it was like every year as I continued to build my life back, just kept getting better and better. So that backstory has a lot to do with who I am now. As much as I don't recognize that person being the afraid person that's living in fear and, and allowing people to abuse them. Is why it's, it's, it's built me to who I am today. And that's why I say we, we all have a story to tell. Every single one of us do. 
I went through, I don't, I don't wish that on anybody. But whatever pain that you have been through, whatever, whatever you have gone through in your life, that pain should always be turned around and, and looked at as your power. So instead of being a victim of my circumstances, I decided as no longer a victim. That I was going to use what I had gone through to build myself back up and help others. Last year in 2020, um, me and my family ended up getting COVID. Or not last year, I'm sorry, 2020, not 2021. My apologies. So that was back in 2020, we ended up getting COVID. And by the way, I I am remarried and I do have, I did end up having another son. I have three boys. My husband is past supportive. And he's, a, he's actually a really amazing guy. Um, he just accepts me for who I am and he lets me be free to do what I do what I, I, I want to do and he supports me in everything I do. And I truly believe God sent him to me. Um, 2020, we ended up getting COVID. The whole house did. And uh, it affected each one of us different. Uh, my husband was sick, but not as sick as me. Um, my daughter was sick. She got over it in just like two weeks. My boys had it for like a day or two. And then when I got it, it was like, I'd never had anything like that before. It was actually really scary. I'm not going to lie. And I'm not one to, I was never one to go, oh, I'm so afraid of COVID. I was, I was never afraid of COVID. Um, but when I did get it, I was sick. I mean, I got it was like having the flu on crack. Okay. It was like they took the flu and they cracked it out and then they, and then they, and it just, and then there it is, there's COVID. It is the flu on crack. And we, and we, the, as sick as I got, I mean, I was sick and my daughter, um, she kept, she was really into juicing at the time. So she was juicing this root beet extract and ginger and she would drop it off at the door. And she'd say, Mom, you know, drink this root beet. And I'm like, ugh, root beet is nasty. You know, I don't want to drink that. It was this bright red juice. It, it looked like blood. It was it was just bright red. And I'm like, ugh, I don't want to drink that. She goes, no, I'm telling you it works. And so I drank it. And I noticed my energy was coming back. Like within an hour. It was weird. And so I'm like, wow, you know, this is really helping. So I kept drinking it. And I ended up, I mean, literally having 
the worst severe diarrhea I've ever had in my life. Like I, I honestly, I honestly thought that I would die of dehydration in the midst of it. I am not kidding you. It was so bad. Like I, I can't even explain it. You wake up and you just, it's happening, right? You can't even make it to the bathroom. I mean, you, it, it was, you're, and you're crawling to the bathroom because you have no energy. And I just, it, I was losing so much fluid. And I remember I was sitting there on the couch and I felt, I just literally was like, I don't even know if I'm going to, I'm going to survive. Like if I don't get some IVs, cause I'm not getting enough fluid. And I thought if I go to the hospital, my number one fear was they're going to stick me on a ventilator and kill me. That was like the first thing I thought of. They're going to trap me in a room when I get stuck in there. So I thought, no, I, I can't do that. And I said, God, if, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die right here on this couch. <laughs> Cause I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to a hospital. I need your help. You got to help me with this. I can't, I can't do this without you. So he had said, remember the Gatorade, go get the Gatorade, drink the Gatorade and drink the water. So I do Gatorade water, Gatorade water. And I did that for like, I was just sitting there all day through the night doing that to the next day. And I started feeling a little better. And then I kept juicing and I started feeling a little better. And each day it was getting better. And I never, after like three weeks, I was literally sick for three weeks. I still felt fatigued. It was weird. It was almost like I was better, but I was still fatigued. And I couldn't figure out like, why am I still fatigued? Like, you know, where's my energy at? And I was, you know, you Google stuff and I was looking up Google and it's like, oh, all these people stuck with COVID symptoms and it, it lasts for nine months. Some people live with it their whole lives. And I'm just like, what? Like, no, you know, like, I, I can't live like this. I can't be all fatigued all the time. And because feeling fatigued and not having any energy is the worst for a mom when I need to get up and do things and, and I've got work and I've got the kids. And so like, I was telling Ashley, I was like, I, I feel fatigued. And she's like, mom, start working out, start sweating. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to get back on my beach body. So I do five minutes and then 10, the next day, 15. And then the next day it was 20. And, and so I was slowly adding in my time working out and I would sweat. And I noticed that as I was doing that, my body started coming back. And it took a while. Like it, it went into like two months. Okay. It took a, it took a while to recover from it. Um, but after experiencing that feeling like just that whole COVID thing, feeling sick and, and just, even before that, I was having severe back pain from my sciatic nerve, my lower back. I suffer from lower back pain uh, primarily because back when I was first married to my first husband, um, there was a time he had uh, thrown me against a wall. So the wall goes like this. 
and there's that metal strip. You know what I'm talking about? Well, he threw me, like picked me up and like chucked me into the wall so hard. My back hit the wall and the whole pieces of the wall came off. Like chunks of the wall came off onto the floor. Okay. That's what, that's how hard I hit that wall. And my lower back was purple. Ooh. I swear to you, it was purple for like six months. It was a circle this big on my lower back that was literally purple. Did I go to the doctor? No. And I think you all know why I didn't go to the doctor. I couldn't. He had the car, he had the phone, he had everything. So that, from that time when that happened, my lower back was never the same. Never the same. Had back issues from that day forward. And as you know, when you get older, what happens? Your body starts to, it it starts to kind of tighten up and, and, you know, you start aging and, you know, that's already a, a, a thing that happens to your body. And then you've got this back pain. Well, that just makes it worse. So I have a sciatic nerve issue. And uh, after having four kids, and yes, that does affect you, uh, made it worse. And so I've been suffering from that. And then COVID came along. And I was just like, I'm, I'm done. I'm tired of feeling broken and unhealthy all the time. You see, and I, I, when I got married to my, my third husband, which is the one I have now, I got really comfortable. I mean, like, just comfortable and happy. I basically got fat and happy, if you want to call it that. I was eating whatever. I had started gaining a lot of weight, didn't care. I gained enough weight to where I had literal rolls on the on my back. So, like, you know, the sides? I had a whole, like a whole roll happening. It, my body's never looked like that. Mind you, when I was younger, okay, I was hot as hell. Like, <laughs> I was. Okay, then. I mean, I was. Hey, I was, declare I was, that. Like, like, it, it, when I was younger, oh, my God. Like, even my daughter, when she's, she's like, oh, my God. I'm just like, I know, right? Ugh, oh, like, so. I looked at it when I was I started working out and I, I had my workout clothes on and I said I said Ashley take some pictures of me she's like okay so she took some pictures of me and I'm just looking at my phone I'm like oh my god golly I said what did I do what did I I let myself go you know and I stopped caring because I was you know, I, I, I was just being, I was just eating and, and, and just, I didn't care. I didn't care about my health. I didn't, I would eat whatever. I'd eat freaking 20 Oreo cookies at a time sometimes. I'd sit there in front of the TV and eat chips. Like, I'm telling you, like, I just got fat and happy and I didn't give a crap. And I would, I would tell my husband, look, I know I'm gaining weight, but do you still love me? And he's like, yeah, I don't care. And I'm just like, okay, well, if you don't care, I don't care. And that's kind of the attitude I've had. I had, and um, my back pain 
didn't go away. It got worse. In fact, I ended up going to a chiropractor. And this chiropractor, he took, you know, he took pictures of my back. We went through the whole consultation thing. And um, he's like, yeah, so I'm going to need to see you like every day until you can, until we can get your, your back adjusted and better, right? That's a $75 a day. I don't know who can afford $75 a day, right? It's crazy. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll try it out. So I start going and he's, he's putting me through these weird exercises and then he's cracking my back and it feels good, right? It feels good when he does it. But at the end of the day, it never fixed the problem. And one day I got this bill, it was like 600 bucks. And I was like, oh, no. No, 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 I can't do this. I can't do this. this what this is what? A month? I can't do this. It's like a car payment. You <laughs> said $75 a day. That's it. That about 600 a week. <laughs> and that's like like what? And so I got I thought I, I got depressed. I'm not gonna lie. I literally got depressed and I went home. I was like telling my husband, I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I can't live with this back pain. I'm like I can't afford to go see a chiropractor. I don't know what to do. And I had a friend of mine, you know, that had previously reached out to me with Beachbody and all that. And I had downloaded the app and I had it on my phone and I was, I was actually working out and then COVID hit. And I was just trying to figure out like where my place was as far as my journey went in trying to get myself better. And so I decided full blown that I was literally going to dedicate myself to strengthening my body again. I, I basically set out to literally say this was going to be all about me. I was going to focus on myself. I was going to focus on what it took to, to, to get myself better. And I was ready to face those challenges. And I remember I went to my husband and I said, I'm going to cut my hair off. Now, mind you, my hair was like down to my back. Okay. The middle of my back. I had Pocahontas hair. I had hair that women were like, oh, I wish I had your hair. <laughs> and uh, I said, are you okay with that? And he goes, I don't care if you shave your head. I will still love you. I'm like, God, you're so annoying. Okay, you know what? I'm going to go cut it off. He goes, okay. I go, no, I'm not, I'm not. I'm serious. I'm going to go cut it off. He's like, okay. So I went to go cut my hair. And I remember uh, sitting there. And Gino, my stylist, he says, are you, are you sure? And I said, I'm positive. Now, I did hair for 14 years I worked with Gino I was a hairstylist he goes okay are you sure and I'm like yeah do it so he put my hair in a ponytail he starts cutting and as he's cutting it I'm literally laughing like laughing in a way that like it was almost like someone was setting me free from something it was weird and as he was cutting it I felt I felt new again. I felt like 
the old Jennifer was gone and it was time for me to embrace the new Jennifer. And it was something that I realized that I needed to do. And when he got done cutting my hair and I kept telling him shorter, by the way, and he just kept asking me, are you sure? And then it ended up with clippers on the sides <laughs> because it wasn't short enough. Um, when he got done, the feeling I had was that someone had lifted a million pounds off my shoulders. Now, do I recommend that you go cut your hair? No, this is my journey. This is what it took for me to step into the uncomfortable. This is what it took for me to embrace the new journey that I was about to embark on. And from that day forward, I had decided that I was going to take on uncomfortable challenges that I was going to, to, to take on things that were make, that would make me uncomfortable to do. One of them was working out. I didn't want to work out. I didn't want to have to go downstairs every day and work out. So that was one uncomfortable thing. Number one, uncomfortable thing. Number two was changing what I was eating. I didn't want to not eat all the carbs that I was eating or the cookies or all the stuff and the junk that was in my cabinet. I didn't want to get rid of that stuff. That was uncomfortable, but that was what I set out to do. So for every item that I would not eat, I would replace it. That something that was bad. I would replace it with something that was good. And I started going through this process with myself and this was me against me. And I started to train my body and I had a, I had beach body and I had this app and I would go downstairs and all I had was a mat. That's it. I didn't have any weights. I had nothing. I had just the mat. That's all I had in a space, small space in my kids' uh, playroom. And I started working out every single day. I would go downstairs and work out and I committed myself every day and I'd come upstairs and I'd be in pain. My legs would hurt. My arms would hurt. Everything was aching. Anytime I moved, anytime I walked, I was in pain. You know, that sore pain you get after lifting or that sore pain you get after you do something strenuous that that's the pain I went through for like the first month. I started working out, like fully working out, like committing it. I'm not talking about that. Oh, I'm going to work out. And then you do a day and then you wait three and then you go work out and you think you're doing something. You're not doing nothing, by the way. You're doing nothing. Okay. I'm talking about that every day I'm committing to it, working out. I'm going to, I am going to commit whether it's 20 minutes, 30 minutes or whatever it is, that feeling you get. And I'd walk up the stairs and I'd be like, oh, oh. Ow. Ugh. And I can hear my husband. Did you torture yourself again? Yes. You're going to do it again tomorrow, aren't you? Yes. And I was, I was gritting my teeth through every day that I did that. I'm telling you right now, I hated it. I hated doing it. It was like a love hate. And the trainer that I had on Beachbody, I hated her. 
I hated her. I, I would just sit there and yell at her because she would have me doing things. And I'm just like, oh, I'm trying to, oh, my God. And she just wouldn't stop. And it was just, it would, I had to finish it because in my mind, I was like, no, I'm not giving up. I'm not stopping this. I, just, I don't care that it hurts. I'm, I'm moving forward. And each day as I moved, progressed forward, my soreness would go down. And mind you, I was eating right. I switched my eating habits and I started eating. Uh, I, I, I basically looked at my body composition and I started testing my body out on what my body could, what my body actually didn't accept and what it accepted. Because I had to honor, we have to honor what our bodies are capable of doing. We have to honor what our bodies can and can't eat. And a lot of us don't listen to our bodies. And I was going to listen to my body. And I went through, I'd go through a week of eating completely clean. And then I would all of a sudden eat something that I'd normally eat. And my body would tell me how it didn't like it. Whether I had a stomach ache, whether I ended up on the, on the toilet, whether I ended up with gas, whatever the case was, I was listening. I was listening to my body. And I would, I would mark off the things that my body was saying no to. And then I would know the things that my body would respond in energy to. And I went through this whole process. Okay. And it, 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 the first year of going through this, I mean, I was slowly losing weight, but not rapidly. You don't want to rapidly lose weight, by the way. It's the worst thing you can do. I wanted to slowly lose it. And as I slowly lost the weight, I started becoming stronger. And as I became stronger, my energy level became higher. But I was able to sleep better. And my back pain was down to like very minimal, very minimal back pain, like to the point where I didn't even notice it because I started to strengthen my core and my back. And through that, I just... I, I started feeling a way I've never felt before. I started feeling uh, not only stronger in my body, but stronger in my in my mind. Felt like I could do more. I felt like I could accomplish more. I thought, what more can you do? If you can get to this point, what more can you do, Jennifer? Well, let's find that out. What more can you do? And I decided to challenge myself even further. And I ended up joining CrossFit. Now, mind you, I've never, I never thought CrossFit to be something I would do. In fact, I used to think people that did CrossFit were a bunch of animals. Um, but I decided that I was going to try something very, very uncomfortable. And I went into CrossFit. And it was the best decision I'd ever made because it, it literally, it literally strengthened my mental in ways I didn't even know that you could and at first I thought it was strengthening my body which yeah I was getting stronger it went into my mind it went into strengthening my mind and I started realizing that that was the most important thing because if you're mentally if you're not mentally strong enough if you're weak up here you're going to be weak everywhere else 
you're not going to be able to follow through with the things you want to follow through with. You're not going to be able to push through the things that are hard. You're not going to be able to be okay with failing. And you have to be okay with the failure because I failed so many times in this process of the things that I was trying to do to be able to get myself to be where I physically am. I failed so many times and you have to be okay with failure. And that was a part of it. So, you know, where I am today, it reflects, it reflects my journey and all the way from the very beginning. And that's with any one of us. That's with any one of us. And we can either, we can either live in our pain in the past or we can take that, we can take that frustration and that pain and we can turn it into our power. And then we can access that power and we can transform ourselves into the better versions of who we are, right? And that's, that was my goal. And that's why I became a life and health coach also. I went through eight months of schooling and I wasn't just a student, I was, I was a client. I went through the process myself. And the whole point of it was that I wanted to dive deeper into me to the point where I was willing to even take, go through schooling to do that. And I didn't even know what a life and health coach was until I went through the schooling and realized how they transform lives in ways that a therapist or just a fitness trainer can do. No, these people literally, what we do is we dive into who you are, what your personal journey is and what your goals are and what that means for you to get there. Because just because my way, the way that I went, it got me where I am today doesn't mean that that fits the shoe for someone else. And so everyone's journey is a little bit different. But you know what? We are all trying to reach a destination. And and it really all starts it really all starts with accessing your own personal power and taking that first step of creating new habits that are going to become larger new habits that are going to become just what you do. It's just what I do now. When people ask me, oh, you, you work out, you do this, you do that. It's who I am now. It's me. It's, it's what I do. It's what I, it's part of, it's not like, it's not like I go, oh, I got to go work out. Yeah, sometimes I feel like that, but it's my, it's what I do now. It's part of who I am now. It's, it's a lifestyle that I have, I have taken in and that I get to do. So instead of saying, oh, I have to, now I can say I get to. I get to go to CrossFit. I get to go work out. I get to eat this healthy meal. I get to. But it took me fighting through my own mind and fighting through myself 
to get to be able to say that because it wasn't like that at first. And that's why I always say we are capable of more. We are capable of more than what we think. We are literally physically and mentally capable to do more than what we think. So that's, that's my journey. And that's, that's where I am today. And, uh, I just, I get excited about being able to help other people. I get excited about making an impact in other people's lives who are struggling, who have gone through the pain and the struggle, who don't know where to go from there. And my ultimate goal is to transform lives, to offer motivation and inspiration to others, um, and to be able to share my story and make an impact at the same time. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Let me tell you something right now. This is a real as it gets right here. I told y'all, man. She had some deep stuff, man. That was crazy, man. I was sitting there listening to it. I was like, man, like, you know, for me, you know, I was just sitting there. I was like, man, I can't believe you went through all that, man. But you know what? I always say this, man. Your pain brings you purpose. And so this woman right here is a is literally a clear example of how she took all that pain that she went through and used it to find her purpose. And you talk, and she told y'all, man, she out here trying to be inspiration, man. And I love that. I really do. And I really do, you know, respect people who are out here trying to make a difference. You know, a lot of people, we all go through something. It may not be something like she went through. It may not be something that I go through. But everybody go through something. But it's about how you use that pain. Because life is not... See, when we watch a movie, you know, we're thinking that, okay, like, I'm, we go through, like, one bad phase in our life, and then everything good. Like, nah. See, life is not a movie. You're going to keep going through stuff. But it's a matter of how do you respond to that pain. And, you know, I just really do thank you for coming on and, and really sharing that story. Because I could tell, I could, I, I could feel that emotion in you. Like, you know what I'm saying? I know that some of the things you were saying, it, it took a lot for you to really go back to that painful place and, you know, be able to share that, you know what I mean? Like, I could tell. But, you know, God went, you know, me and you, that's one thing we have in common. We both are believers, you know, we both, you know, believe in the power of God and, you know, I believe that, you know, God did not allow you to go through all that for nothing because you are, you can make a whole you can make a difference in somebody just like if somebody were to hear this, you know, somebody might be going through something similar. You just never know the impact you could be making, you know, through your story. So I really do appreciate you coming on and, and really, you know, sharing, sharing it with, with the people out here. And, you know, yeah. I know it took a lot. So I really do appreciate that, man. Man, I told y'all, man. It was. I told y'all, man. It was gonna be great. I told y'all, man. Y'all, if y'all wasn't ready for all that, man, hopefully y'all was ready, cause <laughs> that 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 took a lot of courage. So you know, I applaud you. But yes, yes, ma'am. I would like I said, I really made a great connection with her when I first met her, uh, and I was like, man, this is a perfect person 
for me to bring on this podcast. So if you're trying to stay connected with Coach Jennifer Heizon, I'm, I'm gonna say that right, Heizon. Follow her on yeah. IG. Follow her on IG at Coach Heizon seventy seven. So again, Coach Heizon seventy seven. No spaces or capitals from what it looks like. But I will put that link in the description. So definitely y'all can go check her out on Instagram. See, you don't you don't see all that on Instagram. You go on Instagram, you want to see a woman, you know, of, of her caliber. You want to see somebody who went through that because, you know, that's what Instagram do. You know, that's what I mean. You got to really get to know how they got there because some people, you know, they, they do all this flexing on Instagram. But, you know, you may not know what really is going on. And why they, re- you know, why they was able to get to where they get to where they got to. So, you know, man. But yeah, it was great, man. It was great. Once again, thank you for coming on. Uh, for 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 me, as far as for me, go check this out. Go check out my podcast on Instagram at Disinfecting Your Life. That's no spaces, no capitals. Once again, follow me on Instagram at Disinfecting Your Life. That's no spaces, no capitals. Also, check me out on Twitter at this in your life so that's at d-i-s-n your life and i forgot the number one so again that's at d-i-s-n your life one on twitter and then for facebook for my older generation who still use facebook to this day i am on facebook i i i i i am friendly to all audiences so for my older generation using facebook follow me follow my community page at disinfect your life once again that's at disinfect your life and you if you have not got gotten a copy of my book step towards your purpose it's still out there so definitely go check it out on amazon if you type it in on amazon step towards your purpose by chris simmons it should come up definitely gonna get you a copy of that book because it took me a minute to write that book and i got a lot of great nuggets in there man so if you're trying to you know figure out how can i step toward my purpose go get the book man i'll explain it to y'all man but hey man, say man, this is a phenomenal, phenomenal episode with my special guest, Miss Jennifer Highzone. We gonna catch y'all later, man. And I'll <laughs> we'll see y'all when we see y'all. Take care. Peace. Thank you. Bye. Recording stopped.